Today, we are talking about Amazon FBA operational costs and how to reduce them. I'm Nick. I'm Jace. And welcome to the Demand Gen Daily Podcast. All right, as always, please remember to follow, subscribe, leave us questions. We will answer them in future episodes. And we're going to get right into it around reducing costs to be more competitive in Amazon FBA. Jace, your thoughts? Yeah, this is a hugely important topic. It's also one of those things that's missed by a lot of sellers is reducing logistical costs. So we're talking shipping costs, in some cases, manufacturing costs, and also storage fees. Those are the three big ones. Amazon, I say this over and over again, Amazon is not your friend. Referral fees, shipping fees, storage fees are going to increase over time. They increase almost every February. So every February, Amazon comes out with announcement, here's our fees for the year. And those three fees will generally go up. They won't go up uniformly right across all product categories. Each product category has their own referral fees and storage fees, but they're going to only going to rise. So the skill of minimizing our operational costs is hard to overstate. Here's the two common ways that people basically piss money down the train. They ship products by air instead of shipping by sea. And they do that because they're not confident in their sales forecasting. So shipping by boat by sea can take anywhere from 60 days to as many as 90 days, usually on average about 70 days. And so if you're, and you can, of course, ship more and you can ship quite a bit cheaper, like significantly cheaper, but you have to know how many to send. You don't want to send too many. You don't want to send too little. If you send too many, now you're paying extra in storage fees. If you're sending too little, you're running out of stock and all that work you used to rank now is lost. You're going to go down the rankings because you're out of stock, right? So it's a major issue and it causes a lot of anxiety for many sellers, so you really want to either partner or work with someone who's competent in that or just get good at it yourself. How do you get good at sales forecasting? You base it off historical sales, either your own, but if you don't have that sales history, you use the sales history or volume based on the product category. You make some educated guesses. Now, there are ways to mitigate not having enough or too much especially in Q4. So we'll go to the storage side now. So now you've shipped it by sea, ideally. Shipping by air is much more expensive and faster. And for short-term issues, you want to ship by air, but you do not want to do that on a regular basis, right? Right away, you've marked yourself as not as an experienced seller or a savvy seller because you're shipping by air. Once you've shipped by sea, ideally, you don't want to ship right to Amazon FBA warehouse. In the past couple of years, three years, Amazon's made very clear they don't want to be a storage facility. They want just enough inventory there to sell, and that's it. So in the past, they were much more liberal about how much you could store there, and the fees were reasonable. Not so much anymore. And if you're a new seller, they may only allow 200 units, right? So until you are an experienced seller and you have a track record with them, they will allow for a higher number of units, but oftentimes it might be two to 500 units. That's it. So The problem then becomes you want more products here in North America, but you don't want to pay storage fees on Amazon or storage penalties. So if you have too many, too much inventory on Amazon FBA that isn't selling past six months, Amazon tax on a tax. It gets really expensive. 
And Q4 becomes crazy expensive for storage. They jack up their storage fees, supply and demand, nasty. Amazon is not your friend. So what we have, what I've counseled clients before is you want to partner with a 3PL. That means a third party storage facility that's relatively close geographically to the common Amazon FBA warehouses that you ship to. So Amazon has FBA warehouses all over the world. If we're just talking the US and Canada, they will have them sporadically all over the place. And when you ship, they will tell you which FBA warehouses to ship to. Generally, there's a pattern. And say, okay, I want a storage facility here and here because it's relatively close to these FBA warehouses. It's cheaper and faster to supply them. So let's say I ship 5,000 units of my men's merino wool socks. Okay. I'm really aggressive. I ship them by sea. It takes 70 to 80 days. Now I'm shipping just enough, maybe 500 units to each FBA warehouse. And the rest goes to third-party storage facility. Of course, that I've negotiated a longer-term deal that is cheaper, especially during Q4. And then I supply from that third-party facility during Q4 as needed. This is how you reduce your costs, especially during Q4. You can do it all year round, but Q4 is definitely an issue. If you have, you sell, I don't know, swimsuits or something like that seasonal, obviously you want to do that in the spring, early summer, that kind of thing. Those things can matter a lot. I just find a lot of sellers don't do it because it stresses them out. That's a whole bunch of logistical nightmares to work out, but it is going to save you a lot. And it could be the mean, it could be the difference between being able to compete on price longer on a platform that really rewards competing on price, especially in the short term. I'm not saying it's a long-term strategy. You don't want to compete on price long-term but it can be really effective. If you are being chipped at the heels come September, October, in the beginning of Q4, you have the power. I can drop my price for three weeks and sweat my competitor out. He doesn't know how long I'm going to go for and come back up. And by that time, my sales and volatility has increased. My sessions have increased. And now I own that again. I've made it more difficult for him to compete. But if you're just bleeding on shipping costs because you're shipping by air all the time, and because you, you're, you don't have enough, you only have space for 500 units, Amazon FB, you're killing yourself. You're literally shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. And we've seen this in the past. We've talked to a few clients or like potential clients where it's, oh, I can't sell more. And it's helped me understand that because like your competitor selling four times as much as you are on the platform for the, these, these ASINs and logistics. Yeah. Their, yeah their response was like, we keep running out, but it's okay. Let's have a chat about this because yep. If you're telling us that the only reason that you're selling 20K a month on this one item instead of 60 or 80 is your inventory. And by the way, oh, like you have another five that have the same problem. Like you're leaving hundreds of thousands on the table per month. And it's quite frankly, not that uncommon. Like we've seen this all the time. I think I can speak to what, when I speak to clients, I'm listening to what they're not saying. And I notice, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, they have a vision, they have a plan, they're very product focused, they're brand focused, they're not back end logistical, practical focused. And this whole topic just stresses them out and they would just prefer not to deal with it and win on the marketing side, right? Win on the branding. You need to, if you're at this point, you're at a good point. And it means you need to partner or hire or work with someone who is strong in that area. Tim Cook, Apple, that was his strength. He was the logistics guy. He was the supply chain guy 
right? And what I'm talking about is the most basic fundamental stuff. You can go much deeper, make faster shipping, cheaper shipping, more reliable shipping, where you know, you're getting one component from this location because it's cheaper or they're faster, another from this because they're cheaper but slower. And you're trying to mismatch all these little pieces to maximize the revenue and time. I'm not even scratching the surface. If you're not good at this, like I'm not, I need to partner with someone who is or hire someone who is, and you will it's hire an accountant during tax time. Don't do your own taxes. Don't do your own logistics unless you're strong in that area. Yeah. Yeah. If that's your strength, absolutely stick to it. You shouldn't be running out of product. Like that's for sure. And your sales shouldn't be limited by product and availability of said product. It happens once because like your product took off right away. Totally understandable. It can happen once because you didn't know that you had the demand that you did. But once you understand that you have the demand, then it's okay. Now it's a logistical issue that needs to be tackled moving forward. Right. And then the excuse of I could sell more. I just don't have the product or I can't get it to Amazon fast enough. It's like, we, we need to overcome that ASAP. We have a couple more episodes on on Amazon. We're going to be covering things like PPC, what to do after you've set up all these fundamental basics as well. And and we're going to cap it off maybe in two, three episodes from now with considerations. Like if you're really successful on Amazon and everything's going great, how to transition into e-commerce and further build out that brand. So you're both on Amazon and you have your own channel as well. Omni-channel. Yeah, how to be omni-channel. We get asked this question all the time. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care. 